1: He loves you. Here comes the Spudman. Man. He goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
2: Greetings and our Ola. My name is Spud. Spud Goodman.
1: <laughs> Spud Goodman.
2: <laughs> we thank you for loaning us your ears for the next fifty-eight or so minutes. You know, I'm in hopes it will not be something most of you will look back and regret. But if it is, well, you know, life is short, so don't stress over it, right? Now why don't we get this thing started? Uh, let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Why don't you give us a decent chuckle?
3: Very well. Here goes. <laughs> How was it? Well,
2: not not that shabby. Really, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I thought it was pretty darn good myself. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It was. It was actually good. Okay. Now let me introduce our temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. I am in a generous mood here. You can say a few words. You,
4: really? R- like right yeah. now? Uh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, I would like to say that I do
2: Don't t- take advantage of my generosity, dude. I, I said a few words, and, and oh. my count was you spewed forth like 11 words. I, I may need to go to the recording later and recount them, but well, uh, I'll stand on that count. 11 words is more than enough
4: for most people to say hello. Come on, yo. Yeah, but I, I didn't get the chance to actually say hello to everyone, as I was cut off before I could adequately express
2: how excited— No, but, but I did so in the common interest of the listeners, okay? I cannot be charged with any wrongdoing if I did so with the, the intent uh, to do what's best also for the show. Uh, you know, I saw that defense uh, on, on a cable news show, so yes, it, it may have come off as a rude, somewhat abrasive act, but I only had the best interest of the Spud Goodman show in mind. All right. So I am an ex- i am exonerated. Okay. So moving on. This I have stuff I want to talk about. I want to bring up something that I know my aunt here will thank me for later after we're done. Uh, I thought it would be in everyone's interest that her fiance Chance, uh, our intern, be confronted about his out of control video game addiction. If not addressed, their future marriage could be irreparably damaged. And 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 yes, sure. Okay. It could be great radio too.
1: I don't think so.
2: Number one, Spud, I don't feel
3: Chance has a serious problem with his fondness for video games. And number two, this is not the proper venue to bring up such a topic. I, hey, when, I'm sure our well, listeners when, would prefer to respect the privacy of chance in this matter.
0: That's ridiculous.
2: I, I guess I'm going to have to disagree with that statement. And, and and understand, people enjoy watching, listening to others struggling with various behavior issues. I mean, I, I know I never missed an episode of Celebrity Rehab. Dr. Drew made that show, Must See TV, and, and I'm going to fill Dr. Drew's role uh, you know, on this episode.
4: Yeah, I, I would agree with your aunt, Spud. This may not be the best venue to bring up this sort of situation. Yes, Chance does seem to be obsessed with his video games, but this is America, and as much as it pains me here, uh, he is free to choose whatever vice he wants to participate in, I guess. And it only makes common sense.
2: Uh, can can someone see if Chance is on the line? Uh, i have I don't know. He's probably in his bedroom, so uh, call, somebody call his parents and and make him come to the phone. you know, playing he's probably playing Fortnite somewhere. Oh, oh oh,
5: if
3: he is playing Fortnite, I don't think it's a good idea to interrupt him, Spud. He can get a bit grumpy when someone gets in his space while playing. My gosh, he is an intense competitor.
4: You you, you know, that is a common occurrence when mortal men open their heart to the influence of demonic sources. I'm not familiar with this uh, Fortnite game, but I assume it has some sort of simulated mutilation or senseless killing in it. Um, um,
1: you suck!
2: Yeah, I'm not a gamer myself, but I don't think that Fortnite game is evil or anything. I mean, other than his parents have to, you know, probably have to shell out so much money for their their kids. I think they call it V-Bucks, you know, once once they get into it heavily. Yes, yes.
3: I have had to buy chance many of those Fortnite bucks since we began dating. He, He does get an allowance from his parents, but $12 a week doesn't go far for battle passes as much as he plays. Okay. Oh, uh, there he is. Hello, sweetie. Hey, I didn't bring up this subject. Just be aware of that.
1: Bud, I was on the line, but I was playing Fortnite, or else I would have cut in here earlier. not really cool to pass judgment on what I do in my personal life.
2: Listen, you're being confronted by those who care about you, you know, for for the most part. There's no need to feel threatened or get defensive. We have your best interests in mind here.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yes, yeah, Chance, if we didn't love you, we would not put you through this. Uh, love, own-
2: love, 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 is a bit of an overstatement. He, he's not an uh. official member of my family yet, okay? The wedding, you know, it's not gonna happen for a while. Something could still go down to maybe stop it. You never know. D- did you ever see The Graduate? It's a really good movie. You little b- out there are gonna go
6: watch your TV and your movies.
3: Oh, our wedding will happen, Spud. I can well, never know. everyone. Chance, honey, don't let this upset
1: you. Bud could never upset me, Dorothy. I just tune him out.
2: And and that's why I've asked everyone, even our engineer Trevor and our audio director Dave, to participate in this intervention. We all care about you, or, or like I said, m- at least
1: you know most of us do. An intervention for what? I don't do drugs or even drink.
3: Seriously.
1: I may have had a couple wine coolers last summer, but that's about it. No need for an intervention for me. Well, we're
2: coming together here because of your very serious addiction to video games, okay? It's obvious. There I said it. It's now out there for us to discuss.
1: I am not addicted to video games. I enjoy playing them, but I am not addicted.
3: That's what I expressed, babe. Again, don't let this upset you.
1: Oh. Okay. I'm not upset. I'm proud of my skill level as a gamer. I'm good. Really good. You're going to get
4: so tired of winning, you're going to say, Mr. President, please, we don't want to win anymore. It's too much.
2: Uh, No need to brag. Okay, Uh, I know a few alcoholics who are proud of how many beers they can down in one night, too. I drank beer
0: with my friends. I liked beer. I still like beer.
4: Yeah, yeah, Chance, there's no shame in admitting someone else is in control of your behavior. Satan can be so devious in how he tries to manipulate us. I know Uh, I've had to battle him on a variety of issues myself, and it's a constant struggle.
2: But to be clear, I I don't know about you, Gerald, but but checking out like say Pornhub occasionally isn't a mortal sin. Well, maybe 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 some of the categories are kind of wrong. You know, like like that step grandmother massage parlor stuff. I don't know about that one. But anyway, right now I need to play some music. Let's lead off with uh, a band that's performed on our show a couple times. For the record, they are the world's safest punk band, and and they're called Warning Danger. They they have a new EP out now titled Asteroid, which happens to be the name of the song that we're going to play. Here they are, Warning Danger.
6: David Blaine, you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and maybe I'm here, maybe I'm not.
4: Spud, your first guest, Harry Shearer, is waiting to speak with you. Awesome.
2: I have been looking forward to having him on our show. I am a huge fan. Oh, me
4: too. Okay, could you fill me in on who he is? I could Google him, but... No, no,
2: no. Don't don't you think it's time to be honest? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the G word. You often say you're Googling something, but I I found out from an unnamed source that you have never used Google in any capacity. Word is you use an AOL account of yours for all your online needs. It may not be illegal to use AOL search, but it's just wrong.
4: You know what I mean. Okay, okay, yes. My wife and I have stayed with AOL over the years. There, I said it. We use AOL search. There's no shame in being loyal to a particular brand.
3: Well, I would disagree. You should be publicly shamed for turning your back on our technological progress. Are you a Luddite or what?
2: Yeah, you know, wh- whatever that word means. Uh, I- I'm embarrassed for you, man. Do you still use, like, Guard deodorant, too?
4: You just put Harry through. It, it, well, actually, I do prefer Guard. It's a trusty brand, but it's tough to find it these days. Uh... <laughs> uh anyway, uh, here, here's Harry.
2: Please welcome actor, writer, comedian, radio host, and of course, musician Harry Shearer. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on our show. Thanks, bud. Good yeah, to be here. yeah. So you have a new video out titled "Son-in-Law." Uh, I will say uh, the song is quite catchy. I'm sure Jared Kushner will have it on his iPod very soon, uh, for sure. But so, but you know, we want to talk about the video that's that's coming out on you, that's out on YouTube. I uh, just, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
7: Thank you. Um, I, I had noticed over the last three years that I, uh, for my own radio show on public radio, I've been writing uh, sketches involving the president of the United States, as I usually do. Yes. Uh, this particular series of sketches was called The Presidentist. But I'd also, uh, on occasion, written songs in his voice because he said things that just said to me they should be songs. And so I started going into the studio with my producer and, and making full, full-on recordings of these songs. And the first one out is, is this ode to Jared Kushner, uh, a man who's, who's the special advisor or senior advisor to the president on anything that pops into Jared Kushner's head. And uh, so having made the song, I thought, uh, and it sounds like Donald Trump singing the song, it has to look like Donald Trump. Uh, for the video, so I, I found a, a uh, video effects company in Sydney, Australia, because I was down there touring with my wife, and uh, so it also looks like it's a Donald Trump music wow.
2: video. Super. Well, I, yeah, I was just curious what uh, motivated you about our president's uh, obscenely privileged son-in-law. Because he, I mean, I know he's so darn precocious, but but I mean, he's basically in, in control of the government, correct?
7: he's in uh, near control of it yeah he's he's like uh, like Dick Cheney was to yeah. George W Bush it's uh, uh, Jared Kushner well the, the most important thing is he's never had any governmental experience so that qualifies him yes. and um, he's never worked in foreign policy so that's why he's a foreign policy advisor um, but that's he, what I, was I, I his uh, his portfolio uh, expands to the Outer
2: confines of his incompetence. Well, we had the author Vicky Ward on our show last year. And she wrote the, the best-selling book Kushner Inc. Uh, Greed, Ambition, Corruption. She said on mm. the record that Jared was kind of a douche. Do you share her position?
7: Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I have friends who worked on the newspaper he used to own, the New York Observer. Yeah. Who, who were not the biggest. Fans of his Newspapering Skills I'll say that That's all I know Really mm-hmm. I mean And he He You know He dabbled in the same world that In which Donald Trump Came up Which is New York Real estate And most famously He bought A Really I mean a, And there are a lot of Really ugly buildings In New York But he bought Maybe the ugliest 666 5th Avenue Yes I said 666 Yeah And <clears throat> It's it, Perhaps because of Its ugliness Or perhaps for other reasons, it's been a spectacularly unsuccessful uh, office building. Um, he's lost serious money on it, and uh, has has been touring the world, or at least he was before this current moment, um, trying to get everybody from the Saudis to the 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 Kuwaitis to come in and help him with uh, the, paying the, the enormous debt on that building. Um, so, like Donald Trump, he's he's been sort of knee-deep in debt uh, thanks to New York real estate.
4: Yeah. But if what? I may, yeah. There's nothing wrong for a real estate developer like President Trump or his brilliant son-in-law, Jared, to find themselves in temporary debt. It's just an opportunity to find a way out of debt, you know, uh, to achieve the American dream. Our current Commander-in-Chief has successfully escaped numerous times and is an inspiration to millions of aspiring real estate developers. Uh, Excuse me,
2: Harry, I'll be back in a moment. Yeah, it's it's called bankruptcy, and I think Trump filed for it like six times or so. It'd be nice for all of us if Russia or or the Saudis had our back if we got a little behind on our credit card debt. You know, for some reason, Deutsche Bank is not calling me to offer an unlimited balance for my card.
3: Yeah, it's nice to have friends who have some dough to bail you out when times get tough. Yeah,
4: right? Yeah, I'm sure all of those who have jumped in to support the president and his son-in-law financially have done so with the thought that they were making America great again.
2: Ah, that makes no sense. The Russian Mafia, uh, that German bank, or or even that MBS dude from Saudi Arabia could, could care less
4: about this country. They just want to be paid back in some fashion. Now, well, what does that mean? President Trump has always paid his bills. No one needs to worry about that. He is a billionaire, for goodness sake. Really?
2: I think they call it cash poor. He needs to to sell a golf course or something to pay all the people he still owes money to. Now, let me return to Harry. All right. Well, I can't wait any longer in this interview to ask a question about maybe the greatest American film ever made, Spinal Tap. Okay, I, I have to go there. Was there anyone specific that provided inspiration in writing your character, Derek Smalls? Everybody wants to know that. No,
7: um, I'd been around a lot of bands. I'm, I was friends with a guy who managed a major rock band earlier in, in, my, in, 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 the, in the time frame, um, but it wasn't any of those guys. Uh, it was just people that I'd seen around and sort of the, the character of a bass player, the certain... Role that a bass player plays in the band. I summed it up by saying, you know, lukewarm water. But uh, that that particular guy, uh, who's who's not the the jump to the front of the stage where the lights are brightest and warmest, uh, but hangs back a little bit. Um, I've just seen that over and over again. I did go on the road just before we made the movie uh, to stand in the wings and watch a, a British rock band called Saxon wow. just to see what what little notes i could pick up in terms of stage performance uh, the main one it was play open strings as often as possible so you can lift your left hand within and make a fist
2: yeah oh, okay did you play the bass before filming i know you're a music- musician yeah okay. yeah i i i'd, I'd, I'd uh,
7: picked up the i'd studied piano for about 8 years and it was like supposed to be you know classical training and stuff and i i finally rebelled and picked up an instrument that i i could learn on my own and play on my own and it uh, my ear had always gone to the bass in listening to bands. so I thought and it, there were only four strings and they're nice and fat so I thought there's my instrument right there yeah, so right, I'd, super. I'd, I'd fooled around with the bass a long time before we, we did
2: spinal tap all right. Well, you know, your your work on The Simpsons is comedy gold, legendary stuff. Uh, I mean, you created the voice of corporate America, Mr. Burns. Um, so, <laughs> so here's my question. During your time with the show, did you find yourself ever staying in character at home, maybe voicing Ned Flanders, Scratchy, or Principal Skinner to family members or pets?
7: No, no. They, these are very well-behaved little creatures, these, these characters, and they go back in their cages when they're not needed.
2: Oh,
5: uh,
7: so. I've, I've I've left my uh, my normal life free of them, and they they come when when called and when needed.
2: All right, super. Like good pet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, you know, in the past, you've you've been outspoken about the federal government's lack of protection for the areas surrounding the city of New Orleans. Uh, you know, with the federal levy system. After all these years, has the Army Corps, Corps of Engineers, addressed the problem to the point where people are safer? Because we are in hurricane season now.
7: We are indeed. Um, I would have to say they they spent a lot of money on it. Um, whether we are in fact, you know, I'll I'll use the words of the Army Corps of Engineers themselves. They have said New Orleans has never had a better protection system than it does now. And if you keep in mind that the last protection system almost killed the city, flooded eighty percent of it, yeah. uh, failed in almost fifty different, in more than fifty different locations. Um, that's not very encouraging news. We've never had a better one than now, because the last one almost put us under. All
2: right, all right. Okay. All right, well, well in closing, come November 3rd, I want to ask you this. Are you willing to vote out someone who's probably the greatest inspiration for satire and or comedy in human history to save democracy? Because, I mean, I'd vote for a toothbrush <laughs> over him, but he does feel airtime, you know, so I just just had to ask you.
7: That's a, that's a very good question, but um, I... I I cling to this peculiar tradition that my ballad is secret. Okay,
2: all right, all right. Well, we'll just leave it at that then. All right. Well, let let me remind everyone to visit YouTube and check out your killer video, Son-in-Law. It'll it'll probably get a billion views for sure. Um, Hope so. Trust me, it will. So uh, just just thank you so much for taking the time out uh, to speak with us.
7: It's a pleasure. And the song is available wherever you get your music
2: oh alright very very cool I'll be looking
4: for it there you have it Mr. Harry Great. Shearer person I trust most son-in-law son-in-law
1: he's the butter of-
5: Vaping.
6: I do not vape myself these days, but I know there are many ways to smoke and not create a big haze and still be able to cast a gaze at a pretty woman or even old YouTube clips of Willie Mays. I do not vape myself these days, mostly because I don't know how to.
4: This is a Spud
1: Goodman Show. This is a Spud Goodman Show.
4: Now, uh, Chance, if we could return to what we were discussing, Satan's current hold on you through those video games. You seem to be so involved with them. I think the
1: first step in asking for help is to admit... I'm not going to ask for help, Gerald.
3: Well, I told them that you have your hobby under control, dear. Uh, And by the way, it's no different than your Netflix habits, bud. How many
2: hours a day do you watch TV? Oh, oh, that's kind of personal, okay? And and not appropriate for public knowledge. Being a talk show host forces me to stay on top of all TV shows. So yes, for the sake of the show, I, I do make a great personal sacrifice into my life by investing so many man hours reviewing current programming. You know, stuff that's offered to the general
4: public. Someone has to do it, right? Look, alternative facts are not facts. You know, on that, Spud, I've always been concerned for your well-being. 10 to 12 hours of TV a day, it's just not healthy for anyone, let alone someone your age. You need your sleep. Uh, Sleep's highly
2: overrated. You know, as Warren Zevon wrote, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And for the record, I don't think 12 hours of TV a day is excessive. I mean, there's still 12 full hours left to do other stuff, you know, like like eating and and going to the bathroom. How long do you think you can keep your friends safe from me?
3: I, too, have been concerned about your TV habits for years, Spud, but I don't feel it's appropriate for me or anyone else to intervene. You are an adult and are free to do what you want.
2: Well, about the adult angle, you know. Chance is, what, 21 or so? I don't know. I forgot how old you are. I know you're barely an adult legally, so I think there is much more justification
1: to do an intervention for such a young guy. He's like, what, a few years
2: out of high school.
1: I'm about to get my community college degree soon. No need to worry about me and the choices I make.
2: Yes! I so agree, honey. With the benefit of the years I have under my belt, I think I know better, Chance. I mean... You have a 10,000-pound monkey on your back with your video game addiction?
4: Denial, the D word, is the go-to move for people in your situation. Truth isn't truth. You know, that darn denial word can cause so many problems for all of us. Uh, Take my neighbor Frank, for instance. He's a wonderful man who has this unfortunate problem of being obsessed with comic books. He has... Three failed marriages, and each of his ex-wives claimed spousal neglect due to his extreme interest in comic books. Uh, Can you imagine a grown man reading comic books? That's uh, frankly offensive.
2: Uh, yes, I can imagine that, actually.
3: Yeah. Okay, Chance does enjoy comic books. What's the harm with them?
2: I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's not get off track with misidentifying legit addictions, okay? Wow. So, 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 Chance, is Fortnite all you play? I mean, that must get kind of
1: boring. No, I like playing Minecraft and League of Legends. Also, I play Call of Duty and Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Super Mario Odyssey and Rocket League. And, oh, yeah, Overwatch and Red Dead Redemption 2.
2: Are you done here? Uh, that's That's enough. I mean... Come on. Okay, I get it.
1: Do you, do you play other games. And also Roblox and sometimes Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh, uh, my. Uh,
3: I th- hey, I think that's enough, sweetie.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I just thought you were a Fortnite addict. Uh, I had no idea it was this bad. Okay, I mean, I like playing Madden 19 and occasionally some older FIFA World Cup games, but only when the cable or Wi-Fi goes out and I have nothing to watch.
4: Yeah, you you know, Spud, I don't know if you're the right person to lead this intervention. You have your own issues to confront. Hey, 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 you shut your face! As the host of this
2: radio show, I will be the judge of who needs an intervention, okay? Okay. Right right. now, why don't you just go check and see if our next guest is ready to go.
4: Uh, okay, and I'm being told, uh, Spud, that your next guest, Steve-O, is on the line. Now, I heard you tell Chance that he's been on the program before. It, it must have been before my time on the show.
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, we've, we've had Steve-O on a few times. He's, he's a very interesting man.
4: Well, I would agree,
3: but I do worry about him. He's a real risk taker.
4: Yeah, do you mean like he drives a motorcycle or plays rugby?
0: You think this is
3: funny is this a joke to you but, but maybe you should ask Gerald to put the phone down and go get a drink of water or something during this interview
2: he, he's a grown man he, he can handle this
4: uh, just put Steve-O through yeah, uh, very well uh, they're putting him through now
2: Welcome back to the show, actor, television personality, stand-up comedian, and, of course, outright thrill-seeker, Stevo. Thanks for checking back in with us, man. Yeah, dude, for
8: sure, man.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, let me get right to the plug. You have a new comedy special, Gnarly, available at your website, stevo.com. How would you describe it? Do, do you put your testicles in a vice or anything difficult to watch after a meal? Um,
8: I'm glad you asked, man. Uh... I actually get, get on uh, an inversion table, mm. and um, I perform a stunt. Wee Man helps me out with a stunt called the turtle, which uh, is, is something that the world had never seen before, but uh, it's a way of stapling my, my, uh, my nut sack that mm. um, it makes it, the whole thing look like a turtle. I push my wiener into itself, and then I pull my nut sack up over everything and staple it to my stomach. So you can imagine how that might look like a turtle. And, and Wee Man does the honors with a big staple gun right on the stage. And that's just one of the beautiful moments in this, uh, this absurd comedy special called Gnarly. Yeah. I got the whole Jackass cast. Yeah, I got the, the, the entire cast of Jackass got together to help me with it, which uh, meant the world to me. And um, the actual the actual stand-up component um, is completely multimedia because the stories that uh, that I tell in this act are things that, that happened on camera and I was able to bring in like super graphic explicit footage which hasn't been able to, to be shown anywhere and, uh, and edit it into the stand-up act and then every bit in the act while it's multimedia it inspires some to some new over-the-top jackass stunts that the world's not seen.
5: Wow! So, uh, it's,
8: it's a real like multimedia stunt-fest with the, the whole jackass gang, and um, it's got my most painful stunt that, uh, that I ever did, which wound me up in surgery, getting skin grafts on 15% of my body. And uh, now the world finally gets to see that too.
2: Well, uh, speaking of that, the last time we spoke, I asked you your total stitches and hospitalizations count. What are we up to these days?
8: Um, it's tough to keep track of stitches, um, hospitalizations. Uh, yeah, there's been there's been quite a few. Right. People ask me a lot. How many, and people ask me often, how many bones have I broken? And my answer always starts with "It depends if you count teeth."
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you have to look that up
4: with the rule book on that one. I don't know, but, but
8: what? Well,
4: I have to jump in here. I don't know where to begin, really. Uh, first of all. Did he just say wiener? I I believe I heard Uh, that word. Does that mean what I think it does? I sure hope not, as my wife is listening right now. And uh, also, this nut sack he referred to? Uh, I can only guess what that means. Uh, Hey, man, uh, give me a sec here. What are you babbling about? He
3: wants to know if Steve-O was referring to his penis. Gerald, the answer is yes, he was. Have you ever seen steve on Jackass or the Wild Boys? Oh, I bet you've never even turned MTV on in your home.
4: Oh, no. We have never allowed that channel to be on in our home. We do watch the country music channel occasionally, though the performers often dress kind of suggestively.
2: Dude, try not to be so judgmental. God. Now, now let me get back to Steve-O. Alright, um, sorry about that, but I'm back. Cool. Well, let's discuss the Steve O comedy mission statement. Is there anything too crazy for a laugh, like a deep belly laugh, like losing a limb or a full stomach, you know, a full stomach pump? Excuse me. You know, I mean, where's the line? Where do you draw the line?
8: Um, I think that uh, that that, I'm not interested in in anything that's gonna really meaningfully reduce my quality of life. Good, so I'm glad you said that, because I worry about you. Good. Yeah, so with, with that, like the main objective, the mission statement is to get as wild as you can without spinal cord injury, without brain trauma. Yeah. And without death. Yeah, yeah. No, no paralysis, no no brain dead, no, no death.
2: All right. Well, looking back at your jackass and wild boys days, did did you ever find yourself feeling so competitive with your fellow cast members that you were kind of hoping that they wouldn't be able to pull off what they were trying to do? Not wish that they fail, but maybe not succeed so successfully. The bar would be set too high.
8: That, what a great what a great question. And I've never looked at it as uh, as hoping that anybody didn't succeed because we all are on the same team, you know? Like, uh, you, you never not want somebody to get great footage, but, um, but, but at the same time, it, it is very competitive. Like, all Jackass really is, is an exercise in a bunch of attention whores competing for screen time. And uh, you're psyched when, when somebody gets a great piece of footage, but then that, you know, but then you, you get distinct, what I call, footage envy. And then that motivates you to try to you know also come up with something huge but uh there's never been a feeling that i didn't want somebody to get great footage because we want to make the movie as good as it can be
2: all right well let me hit you with this is there a stunt that you've that you've thought about doing for years but have never actually done for whatever or probably very sound (laughs) reasons now i'm not trying to egg you on as uh, i don't want to feel guilty afterwards
8: Man, I, I mean, it, it. It's like you're uh, you're promoting the, the, the new act that that, uh, that I've put together to follow up this special, which is called the Bucket List. Huh. And uh, I had a whole list of things that were old ideas that never happened for very good reasons. I one bet, of them I'm was uh, one of them was finishing myself off uh, while falling out of an airplane. I call that one skyjacking. Now, that's an interesting. Uh, one. And yeah, I was butt naked with a guy strapped to my back and, uh, furiously servicing myself. And I timed it so that as I completed, you know, uh, I was falling out of the airplane.
2: I see. Maybe Which I'm sorry I asked really that question, but yeah, okay, super. That's super.
8: Yeah, there was, uh, riding a bicycle while having general anesthesia drugs administered to me so that I would crash, uh, when the, when the drugs took effect.
5: Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. All right.
8: There's, a, there's a, the, the vasectomy Olympics. <laughs> okay. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah. I put together the whole thing. The bucket, I, list, uh, the bucket list goes on. So
2: there's plenty. Okay, yeah. I guess you've answered that question. There's plenty more material in the future for Steve-O. Okay, well, let me close with my standard talk show host question. Uh, I hope you're ready. Steve-O, what has been your most memorable moment?
8: My most memorable moment. Um, uh, what's coming to mind from my most memorable moment? Um, for some reason, the psychiatric ward just popped into my mind. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I think that that did, re- that did represent um, a real, uh, you know, uh, a moment in my life where uh, I'd say that the old Stevo gave way to the new Stevo. You know that was where I was in a psychiatric ward when I determined that it was time to, to change my ways and
5: right. go to rehab.
8: And I've been I've been clean and sober ever since. So I think that's uh, that's my moment.
2: All right. I, uh, yeah well we're proud of you uh anyway l- 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 let me I gotta I let you go because I know you got stuff to do but let me say again you have a new comedy special on your website www.stevo.com, and we just we want to thank you so much for returning to our show okay
8: well hey man I appreciate you for having me and uh and I and all the best to you
0: all right there you have it Stevo. Don't go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout.
2: Hey, we're Low Homs. We're here on the Spud
5: Goodman Show. Thank you all for tuning in.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
4: Spud, your
0: last guest, Alan Zweibel, is holding for you. Good. You know, this guy's
2: had his hand in some of the best comedy projects done in the last 40 years. As a writer, you know, he's been on the ground floor of Saturday Night Live, It's Gary Shandling's Show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and a bunch of movies, too. I mean, he has major comedy cred. But, you know, it's, what's interesting is I think I like all the guests on this particular show.
3: And then we fell in love. Oh, I was a fan of It's Gary Shandling's show, and of course, later, Larry Sanders. Yep. And I've read Alan's name in the credits on many comedy things over the years.
4: Gary Shandling. Now, was he a ventriloquist? I think I might have seen him on Star Search. I love the poorly educated.
2: Uh, no, he was never on Star Search, okay? May he rest in peace, a major, major comedic talent, okay? Just just let me get to Alan. Say hello to comedy icon Alan Zweibel. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on our show, man.
6: Thanks for having me, Spud. It's my pleasure.
2: Yeah, well, I've been a fan of your work over the years, so I will not have to pretend I'm interested in interviewing you, which is nice.
6: <laughs> I always wondered about that, you know, oh god, who's this the Oh let me, let, let me Google them Alright, fine I'll make believe Okay, just sit I always wondered about
2: that Yeah Well, you have a book out uh, Both in print And now an audio version uh, Titled Laugh Lines My Life Helping Funny People Be Funnier It's gotten great reviews Just curious though Does that mean that you can't help people That aren't funny to start with Those who are, who are in need of like a, a serious humor transfusion To prevent others from shunning them Because I sure wish I would have met you 20 years ago <laughs>
6: It's a wonderful question I'm one of those guys who thinks that you're either funny or you're not. You can hone your craft. You know what I mean? You can learn how to say things a little funnier, but I think it's in the DNA. It's how you look at the world, you know, and if you find what's a little askew about things and you comment on it, I think that's what makes you funny. But if somebody is really dour, okay, or is one of those people who doesn't get out of bed... You know, because they're afraid. I, I, I think it's going kind to of hard uh, hard to make them funny.
4: All right. Uh, Ace Spud. Yes. You know, I so agree with Alan. The really funny people are just born with it. It's in our DNA. I think you need to cut yourself some slack as yes, you were not born with this gift, but you do the best you can with what you were blessed with. As Alan said, it's pretty tough to get someone like you who is dour all the time and hates to get out of bed to become funny. You know, it's just not realistic. Alan, I'll be right back. I just need a sec.
2: Dude, I would like to see the lab test results verifying you have any humor genes in your DNA. I don't see it. He's
3: right, Gerald. You are
4: the least funny person I've ever met. What? You two must be kidding, right? I'm extremely funny. Everyone at my church continually comments how gosh darn funny I am. They're always okay. asking me to, do like, MC the raffle or f- uh, do a fundraiser.
2: As they say, funny is subjective. Uh, outside of your church, I would say the votes are in, and, and it's a landslide. You lost. Now let me get back to Alan. I have returned... Well, you got your big break uh, being hired by Lorne Michaels at SNL in the early days. When you and the fellow writers created state-of-the-art comedy back then, did you feel at that moment in time that you ruled the comedy world? You know, just, just curious.
6: Well, you know, something that's a good question. We knew we were doing something different. Lorne said, let's just make each other laugh, and uh, we'll put it on television. And there's an audience out there, the Baby Boomers at the time, who... Uh, he felt service, uh, comedy-wise. So we knew we were doing something different. We were doing something special because there was nothing else like it on television. Right. But if you would have asked me then, uh, you know, do you think the show will still be on 46 years later, uh, I would have said you're crazy, <laughs> you
2: know? Well, on a side note, I was just wondering, uh, did you hang out much with Michael O'Donoghue? Because I would have added a few dog ears to your time here on Earth.
6: Well, you know something, I did hang out with him. Um, he was one of the, uh, he founded the National Lampoon, and he had such a unique voice. And, and given that I was this Jewish guy from Long Island, who, you know, he founded the National Lampoon, and I was writing jokes for comics up at the cathedral, so you couldn't get two guys who were more diametrically opposed, comedy-wise, okay? Right. And for some reason, that became the attraction to each other. So um, I don't think we wrote anything together, but we appreciated each other. And on a couple occasions, we even went to colleges and uh, gave uh, speeches together.
2: Oh, all right, Super. Well, you co-created It's Gary Shandling Show. Uh, Gary was a comedy genius, but known to be at maybe a bit difficult to work with. Was that experience exhausting but exhilarating? Because you guys took some real creative risks with the model that you went with.
6: Well, it was. That's a wonderful question, and yes, everything you just said. Gary was a genius. He was a wonderful writer, a wonderful writer. And uh, you know, in, in any collaboration, whoever you work with—in my case, Gilda, Gary, Billy uh, Crystal, Larry David, Dave Barry, Martin Short—you you, you, you have enough things that are similar that attract you to each other, but there's about a ten percent difference that you have sensibility-wise. And that's what makes the collaboration work because it becomes a synergy. You, you create something that you couldn't have done alone, okay? And that's how it was with me and Gary. We saw things eye-to-eye and we made each other laugh. But yes, Gary was a perfectionist. Gary's whole life was the show we did together. He wasn't married. He didn't have children. And so <clears throat> where I would... Um, be the commissioner of our son's little league, and almost have to move because I rescheduled a rainout uh, on a date that the um, you know uh, that you know Alex's uh, you know uh, uh, Bernstein's bar mitzvah was. So uh, some other kid couldn't pitch that day, and you know, my wife nearly got drummed out of town. I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to write about that. Right. I had different life experiences the show I did with Gary was about a single guy who was a comic who lived alone and there was no place for it. So we did get a little tense between us towards the end
2: All right, super. Well, I hope he at least invited you to play hoop with him on the weekends, but All right. Well, I uh, did
6: play in those games, and they were great fun.
2: All right. All right. Well, you mentioned another comedy god, Larry David. Uh, So let me ask you this: on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, well, we've we've had J.B. Smoove and Richard Lewis on, and I've hit them up on the process of the show. Again, a a groundbreaking comedy production. How tough or satisfying is it for a comedy writer where improv off a basic concept is the model?
6: well, it's a wonderful question again. Look, you've got to give way to the fact... I, I, I was an actor on one of the shows, so I can tell you from both ends, okay? You give way to Larry. Larry's got a vision. He sits down, and he figures out what the next season is going to be, what the arc of the characters is going to be, what the arc of the storylines are going to be. And each scene is broken down into beats, okay? A little,
0: mm-hmm. And when
6: you go on the set... Say whatever you want, but hit these beats, hit these points, because that's our plot. Okay, so you give way to Larry, and you try to augment that. When I was on the show as an actor, all I was told was, okay, you're uh, you're both from L.A., you run into each other in New York, you say to Larry, hey, let's have lunch. Larry doesn't want to have lunch with you, take it from there. And then for a half hour, we're just ad-libbing. I'm saying, that he says, why would I want to have lunch with you? I Because we never have it in L.A. He said, well, yeah, we don't have it in L.A. because I don't I don't want to have lunch with you. You know what I mean? And then we just take it from there, and it just builds and builds and builds. So what you do is you take a little germ. You take a little germ, and then when you're doing it, so when Richard Lewis, J.B. Smoove, tells you that, or Susie Esmond, they take a little bit, a little morsel. And, then, and, and it's their turn to write, it's yeah. their turn to um, embellish what Larry, who is the genius behind the whole thing, uh, the seeds that he's planted, so um, it's, it's liberating, you're well. not stuck to a line, you're not stuck to a specific uh, uh, you know, piece of dialogue.
2: Well, other, others have tried to toy with that model, but, um, yeah, you guys, yeah, anyway, you know what I'm saying, you guys kind of trademarked it, but, all right, um, and one of, one of uh, I just got to say this also, uh, Ms. Susie Essman is one of the funniest people on earth, I just want to say that, so, anyway.
6: Um, uh, and she's one of my good friends now, and she's uh, genuinely funny. It's oh, really, really
2: fun! Absolutely. All right, last question. Uh, Alan, you've worked with Billy Crystal for many years and have a new movie uh, here today coming out with him and Tiffany Haddish. Uh, would I be wrong to think yeah. that Billy is maybe the easiest person for you to collaborate with? It, it it's, it's a really long relationship.
6: Well, it's a very long relationship. We met in 1974 when we were both starting out at the club. Um we wrote a, a play called 700 Sundays Together, which was about his life, and it won a Tony. And as far as here today is concerned, it's real easy. You know, um, I, I told a, a, an anecdote on the, when I was a guest on David Letterman's show. Billy called me the next day. He said, why don't we take that story and let that be the first scene in a movie? And I said, where's the movie go? He says, I don't know. Let's figure it out. And it took us three years to write a script. Tiffany Haddish plays the woman in it. And the two of them their chemistry is so terrific they make you laugh and at the end you'll shed some tears and um they feed off each other beautifully and um you know it's called here today and we're just waiting to see how it's going to be released
5: right you know i
6: saw it in play in front of a test screening uh in pasadena and i saw 400 people laugh and cry so that's the optimal way of, for a movie like this to be seen but in today's world who knows maybe it will go straight to Netflix we'll probably find out this week it's, it's the studio that's going to make that decision, uh, right. that
2: decision well we're all looking forward to it I know you got to get going so let me remind everyone that your new book Laugh Lines My Life Helping Funny People Be Funnier published by Abrams Press uh, and also the audio version is now available at bookstores everywhere so I, hey hey man I really really appreciate you speaking with us
6: but it's
0: been my pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. There you have Mr. Allen. So I Did this little scene occur in your home last Sunday?
7: It's time for the news. Uh, Mary, will you turn on the radio, please?
3: Of course. Press a button and there you are. Principles what? that the founding fathers of the city of... That's funny. That's the button that always did get that station.
0: Yes, folks. Like thousands of other listeners, the official changes in the wavelengths of many American stations may have surprised you. Maybe you're still tuning your radio by hand. If you are, why not have your push buttons reset to the... The Spy Show. Show. Uh, uh, uh.
5: Uh.
8: My! How time flies!
2: Chance, I I hope you know I only want what's best for you in leading this intervention. Uh, I may not be Dr. Drew, but I'm doing my best. Uh, Mostly, you know, sure, our listeners are enjoying hearing about your social disorder. I mean, I can't deny that. Stuff like this
4: is radio gold, but we do hope you get help. And now, people of Gotham City, the moment you have all been waiting for.
1: The only help I need is maybe a new iPhone. What I have is kind of beat up. The screen is cracked so it's tough to compete at some games because I can't see the images that clearly.
3: Honey, I told you your birthday's coming up, so no worries about that.
4: Hey, uh, Spud, I'm being told we have a caller on the line who wants to join in this intervention. Uh, Should I put it through?
2: Is it a fellow video game addict? Because I I don't want someone enabling him any more than my aunt is here, you know?
8: People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain.
3: I am not enabling Chance. This is something he enjoys, and I see no harm
4: in it. Oh, boy. Mrs. Jarvitz, I hope you don't end up just like those ex-wives of my neighbor Frank, uh, the man with the comic book obsession. Emotional neglect can be quite hurtful.
3: You had me at hello I'm more than happy to read a book Or work on a crossword puzzle While Chance plays video games I think it's one of the things That makes our relationship work We both give each other room to breathe
2: Yeah, just put the caller through And hopefully he or she Is not too boring Uh, Go ahead, you're on the air Uh, Am I on the air? Damn, you know if I had a dollar for every caller who, who's on the air asking if they're on the air, I, I could retire right now. Yes, you are now on the air. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Man,
9: you need to quit harassing that intern chance. So he loves playing I'm not harassing games. him. So do about a billion other people,
2: even lame baby boomers like you.
3: I think that this is your way of telling me something.
2: Don't even try that okay boomer crap on me. Uh, I may be a boomer, but uh, I'm not some out of it entitled a- boomer who, who doesn't know what's what's lame or not. I I watch way more cool stuff on TV than you do. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the f- are we going to do now? What are we going to do?
9: Who watches the TV anymore? You must own one of those tiny flip phones, so I bet you can
2: pay some cable company a ton of money each month so what? you can watch That's that what? golf channel. Uh, hey, I've never tuned in to the golf channel, so so you think, what, I, I belong to some country club and wear polyester pants with a white belt? That's so hot.
3: Caller, I appreciate your support for my sweetie chance, and I do think Spud has golfed a few times. Spud, uh-huh. remember when you asked to borrow my first husband's clubs one time years ago? You returned them oh, without yeah. the putter, and, and I believe the five iron... Roger was pretty upset.
2: I think I might have bent him a bit and then tossed him into a water hazard. Um, Now it's coming back. You know, know, I had somewhat of an anger management problem back then. Golf is not Uh the game for me, that's for sure. Look, I didn't call in to discuss golf.
9: Doing one of those interventions just because a guy likes video games is wrong. I can't believe he
4: hasn't cussed you out by now. What the hell do you have to lose?
1: Caller, this is Chance. I never let anything Spud says or does bother me. You have to know him to understand. He has issues, if you know what I mean. Issues? Are you saying, what, I'm not in full possession of my faculties? And Corn Pop was a bad dude. That is a nice way to put it. Yes, that is what I'm saying.
8: I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on.
1: Spud, you probably suck at gaming, right?
9: At your age, your reflexes are shot. You have trouble using the TV remote too, right?
2: No well,
3: well well now, Spud, I've stopped you let me say this. I've stopped by your apartment a few times to help with your T V. Yeah. Okay. You really need to get one of those universal remotes. You must have over five or six different ones now for your all your stuff. You need to simplify so you don't have to bother others to solve your technical problems.
2: I only called you, you know, like once when no one else, you know, could come over to help me out. But, but okay, I will ask my neighbor Greg about one of those universal thingies. It might be a
1: good idea. Good.
9: Yes. Look, Chance, never let some old dude make you feel weird because you love to play video games. Tell them that last year, over a billion people worldwide watched live video game competitions. I, are, are you sure about that? more popular than freaking golf.
2: Yes! Well, I said I'm not a golfer, okay? I will admit, playing video games is kind of popular, I've read that, but you know, but my deal is our intern Chance at this station, well, he's a freaking addict. I, as you know, am dubious about marijuana. And it's impacting his job performance. If we don't step in now and try to help him break his habit, then my only living aunt here will have to put him into treatment, and that's not cheap. I will stop that.
4: You know, I didn't know that there were inpatient video game treatment centers. Chance, do you have medical coverage? All you exercise freaks,
1: you're the ones putting stress on the healthcare system. I think I'm still on my parents' policy.
2: Yeah, th- thanks to Obamacare, it should be covered too. Though you know, I mean, this is obviously a pre-existing condition, right? So, and the sooner you, you know, sooner the better. You get into treatment, you, you better do it quickly. Do it before Trump takes that away in court too. The only one who needs help is you, Spud. Like for your lack of
9: basic motor skills, you are low. You don't know that, ones, right? No, it's I don't wear slip-ons. Tie your shoes. I know. <laughs> Just leave, Chance alone, man. I gotta go.
1: Later. Look, he just hung up on you, spud.
2: As the host, it's my job to hang up first. How many times have I said that? You know, damn, he, he's gone, right? And, and, and for the record, I do know how to use all of my remotes and, and I can top my own shoes.
4: And, you know, yeah. Hey, listen, maybe this intervention was a bit ill-timed. Not being an expert on this issue myself, but maybe away from the job, uh, this is a perfectly acceptable hobby. I know I love using my metal detector at the park whenever I can find the time. Did I mention to you guys last week, I found a 1954 penny, and also around $3 in various coins. It was one of my best days at the park. My kids are always Did amazed a at what I butt? find on my searches.
0: Oh, are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna? But you're a liar,
2: too. Alright, I-, I give up chance, play video games all day and night. But Aunt Dorothy, don't come complaining to me when he won't consummate the marriage on your wedding night. And, and you know that's gonna happen. <laughs> so why pause to take a pill? All right. I am Spud Goodman.
0: Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye. Later. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Producer David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate Producer TJ Pite. Video director Wyatt Young. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison Original music by Mike Spotts and Tom Harmon. On Air Talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.
4: And Corpdo was a bad pop.